Welcome to the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa life is where accomplishment and harmony coexist. Now, here's your host and Spa Life curator, Diane Halfman. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa life is a lifestyle that accepts that accomplishment and harmony coexist. The spa and spa life, the SPA, is for seek power always, that power within you to do your bigger work in the world. I am so looking forward to my guest today, Dr. Micra Hamilton. She is the co-founder and CEO of Aperion Zoe Inc., a precision performance ecosystem that curates limitless expression. She works with aware individuals, conscious corporations, and international organizations to create system enhancements to drive impact and create global change. She is a highly decorated retired colonel Hamilton spent 30 years in the USAFR as a system strategist and human performance subject matter expert. She skillfully works with data-driven precision for a complex systems approach. We'll get into what that is all about. And to optimize human corporate performance and potential. Her work as a creative disruptor in the field of precision performance has informed a new paradigm of what is possible for human and organizational flourishing. Dr. Micro, welcome to the show. Thank you, Diane. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Uh, This is so fun. You and I are just like complex system geeks and really getting into uh, what is the totality of that? What does that mean? Let's actually start with that. You know, uh, people may be like, complex. That sounds like that would be, we go in the opposite direction, don't we? You want to simplify. Let's talk a little bit about what that means and where your genius fits in with that. Well, complex systems thinking is uh, incredible because it takes into account everything and all of the interactions, both external and internal. And I, I think the simplest way to really give a good example is if you look at an airplane right, versus a bird, the airplane, no matter what you do, time after time after time, it's going to perform exactly the same way. You make one move, it does a certain thing. If you released a bird and you asked the bird to fly the same flight pattern in the same speed, it simply can't do that. There are too many variables. And so when we look at complex systems, it's not the siloed approach that we see, say, in, for instance, in medicine, where you, you have a symptom and you get a pill for that symptom. It's more about the complexity of the system, all of the interrelations, interactions, and how all of the inputs create an expression in the system and then an outcome from the input that went in. So it's a very uh, holistic and integrated way of looking at everything, more of a multidimensional way of seeing life and everything in it. Yeah, I love this so much because so many times people go, well, it's just this, right? And they don't look at the totality of how everything is a system and how it works, whether it's the workings of of our body or our businesses or our relationships. There are all those nuances that come into play with that. And I know you utilize a lot of that in terms of how you design your life and what that looks like. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you look through the limitless lens of possibilities. How does that apply to your life and what does that look like? You know, Diane, it's so interesting when we we use the word limitless and we look at, at really what does that mean? And 
And, and of course, it's without limits, right? I, I think that we often don't contemplate that word and the potential and possibilities that we have as a human. This life experience that we're living is incredible. And if you think about every moment, you have an opportunity to make a decision. And that decision can be great multifaceted. You know, we think it's, a, as you said earlier, it's, it's this or it's that, but it really is. The limitless is the and both. Because if you laid out a graph of every decision that we could make in a day, it's impossible to predict what we will get ourselves up to. So for me, limitless means I can create anything I choose. I can do really anything I want. I don't have the lens of no or can't or don't or won't. It's what would I prefer to experience? And let's get about creating that experience on purpose consciously. And so I think from a limitless perspective, we actually limit ourselves by our beliefs. And so when I also look at limitless, I say, what keeps us from being in that state and it's the fact that we don't believe that it's possible. <laughs> Most of us, I do. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting because it's funny. I mean, it's like a lot of times we don't even consider that, right? It's like if we think like if, if it's, it's our belief system that we don't think it's possible, we don't realize all the unconscious things that now build that actually prevent us from getting that done if we're starting in the beginning of believing that that that's not even possible to be there. Um, Which reminds me of like, we have to look at what's happening out in in the universe. And right now, particularly with the pandemic and there's so much fear. And yes, these are uncertain times. But in reality, aren't they always uncertain times? Don't we? We're never really sure like what exactly is going to happen. And this is just another example, maybe on a more global scale. But we still now have these ultimate possibilities to look at How are you addressing, uh, not only for yourself, but for your clients, for those that are feeling like an extra layer of fear? And I know you and I have had a conversation around not experiencing fear and to really set yourself up to create um, anti-fragility. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people, they, they don't understand what that is. I mean, a lot of... For you and I, there was some training involved with that. And there was choices about how we are living our life and moving forward. How do you help you know, cultivate somebody from a place of being fearful and the sky's falling and feeling paralyzed to building up the the grit and resilience to actually create an anti fragility type of life. Mm, that's a. That, I love. I love that you ask this because it is what we do. And I, you know, I, I often say I am anti fragile. I think it's important to recognize what anti fragile actually is for those who aren't used to complex systems thinking. You know, Nassim Taleb, he wrote uh, Anti-Fragile. It's a book. Also, um, oh gosh, The Black Swan. And you hear a lot from him in this time because, you know, he has predicted events like this and says that we don't ever think about events like this coming and nor do we prepare for them. So he set up a contrast of fragile versus anti-fragile and fragile is easy for us to recognize. We all see the crumbling system that falls apart at, at just any input. And he said there, there really is only an opposite of fragile. And so anti-fragile meaning 
that I grow stronger and stronger through every event that I face, through every situation that I move through. And it's how I do that that really makes the difference. So it's, it's beyond resilience. So it's not let's bounce back to where we were because where we were may not have been ideal, right? Uh, it's, it's thriving through every situation that you encounter. And that's a, really a growth mindset kind of perspective. And so if we, start, if we start from there and we say anti-fragile is one who thrives in change, uh, really looks at it as an opportunity for growth and says, wow, what are the gifts or the opportunities, uh, even, even through the lens of challenge that I'm experiencing right now that are going to prepare me for the next event tomorrow that's coming, right? Because as you said, change happens every day. So, you know, what we do with our clients is we, we do a lot of awareness work. You know, you know we're very, very data-driven. And so we evaluate the entire human system. But at the foundation of that system is really my awareness. And from that awareness, how much presence can I be in in every moment? Because it's the, it's the awareness level and my ability to maintain presence that allows me to not be fearful, to actually be able to thrive in all the situations because I have all of my capacity online. I have my emotional regulation. I have my cognitive ability, which is, you know, our executive function skills are incredible. You know, I have my physical capacity to respond with my nervous system to move my body the way it needs to move as opposed to reacting and, and locking into that contracted fear state. So, so really first awareness and presence is, uh, is what we cultivate through kind of a, a mindset mastery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this micro and especially for people to see it broken down in this way and to really look at um, one of my mentors likes to say uh, we were made for this. Like when things come up for this, this is actually an opportunity for us to be like, we got this. And when you change your mindset of how you look at something where you start going, you know what? I love the thrive, right? Because we don't just want to survive. We want to thrive and we start asking better questions. And I love the breakdown of... Because we are fortifying ourselves in different ways when we look at you know, how's the body going to react? Where's the mind going to be? Where's our emotion? Where's our our spiritual sense? When we look at all of these components, it adds to that whole complex system to then say, okay, maybe I need to bump up this and this is online well. And and we see it work together interrelatedly, it really makes a big difference. And how are you utilizing all of this data and change and way for people to kind of get online and on board with this, this change? How are you utilizing this for a global shift and change, for global impact and change? How are you utilizing it for that kind of uh, bigger picture? Well, and Diane, I'm really excited about this. This, this COVID opportunity gives us really, for the, I, I'm going to say for the first time ever, a global, really a global, how do you say, like mass change in what we call our health system, right? I call it a health ecosystem. But it's, it's the first time that something has ever affected all of us as a human species. And so, you know, given that, it allows us to take a peek into what does health look like on this planet? And, you know, we're in this, in this beautiful new era 
of precision data, right? And when we say that, we go, okay, now we have the opportunity to do a diagnostic of this human system in all of its complexity. And as you said, the spiritual aspects, you know, the body, the mind, the way all of it integrates and creates one whole system and, you know, the mental and emotional structures as well, right? So all of it. And with that precision data, I know that I'm unique. I know that we're all unique, even though our genetics are 99.9% the same. That 0.1% is so essential to us really knowing how we show up in life, you know, based on the experiences that we've had, our childhood, our training, you know, the way we've interacted with our culture. And so when we have that precision data, which you get through, I've got, I've got two trackers on, I've got a Whoop and a Garmin for performance. And I know my data, I've been monitoring it for years. You know, for the past 10 years, we've worked in precision performance medicine. And we're able to, in a, in a two-day period, really understand you as an individual. And by giving you your precise information and, and aligning that with your goals of what you would choose to express in your life, we're able to very quickly walk with you through a journey of optimizing and enhancing your human system to create any experience that you desire, right? And so it's at the individual level, that's really essential because when you do your work, then your expression in the world is much happier, right? It's actually even joyful. It's excited to contribute, to connect, to make a difference in, in not just your life, but your family, your community. And of course, the, the, um, I think the betterment of the expression we see on our planet right now at the, you know, if you, if you look into the community, at the community level, we have an opportunity to then transition that precision into a community, what we call an epigenetic life center, where the community actually informs the health and well-being of all of those within it, you know, where all of the people who are informing it are actually contributing because they care about the health and well-being of their community. When you take that to a state and a country level, now we've got consistency of complex systems, thriving health and flourishing well-being. That's a very big difference than we go to the doctor to get a pill for what we're sick about. It's an opportunity to turn everything on its head and say, look, if you weren't ill, if you didn't have these disease states you could really thrive through any pandemic, any change that comes along, you know, the evolutionary pipeline and more, more, many more are coming, right? And so it gives us at the global level, the opportunity to go, hey, human, here's how you are showing up. Here's what we can do based on your culture, based on your genetics from your region of the world and fine tune our entire way of being, thriving, flourishing. I, mean, you know, I keep saying that because people just think that, well, I'm healthy. Healthy means a, a big, a lot of different things to everyone. Thriving and flourishing is, is very distinct, very different. Right. Yeah. You know, Micra, I think this is actually the critical conversation of, you know, how are we balancing that in between? 
between the individual taking 100% responsibility for their own well-being and getting themselves to the point where their health is flourishing, that they're bulletproof, that no matter what comes at you, that you do, you know, it's, it's survival of the fittest, right? It's like, who are those that are doing the things for their body to really thrive in those? And then on the opposite end, you know, there is a lot of controversy between what government entities are saying are good for, for your body. And some people saying that that's, that isn't alignment for health. That isn't what's happening. And so, you know, what things are, are coming out from governmental ways are maybe not necessarily what is helpful for the individual. And so I know you do a lot of work with individuals and governments. How do you see that coming together where people are taking 100% responsibility for their health, but yet there's also limitations and dictations coming from lack of a better word, mass hysteria and fear that are being imposed on the general mass? How do we come to some consensus around that? You know, this is where the complex systems approach is the answer. And we're actually writing now a book on, on complex systems global. It's a, it's a new era, a new generation of complex systems global precision health, right? And so what it looks like here in the U.S., and, and really I would say in, in the most part all across the globe, is a partnership between the private sector and the government. Even though we have advanced technology and even though we have precision data, we even know uh, total exposure health. So where you've lived and the things you've been exposed to that are detrimental to your health. We know all of this. We have advanced technologies. And yet the common mindset says, oh, that's way too costly and we simply can't do that on a mass scale. And I'm going to tell you it's way too costly not to. Because this epidemic is going, or the pandemic is going to really take a toll. The next one will take a bigger toll because we cannot prepone what's coming down that evolutionary pike. We can do a good job by being prepared, right, with this complex system. So partnership would be first. And that way we would have many, many more resources than we currently have. We would have many more brilliant minds who look through multiple lenses instead of what, what we see and what you referred to is there's this party line that says, here's the best eating plan for America. It isn't true, right? There is no one best eating plan for us. The best eating plan for me is based on my genetics, based on what my body tolerates well and, and, creates thriving within me, you know, with precision data, you can get to that. And so the, um, I think the additional piece that's absolutely critical that we, we won't move the marker on if we don't address this is the education that is sent to the public. You know, we've got, we've got these interesting things where, you know, we see lots of commercials. If you watch, if you watch normal TV, we see lots of commercials on mental health disease, heart disease, obesity. And it's basically see your doctor about this pill or about this solution, because we've got the answer for you. That's not the answer. That's a band aid. 
right? So, and that's- Plus the 20 side effects that come with that as well. Exactly. That's reductionistic medicine where you have a symptom, you treat it. It's not getting to the root cause of why the system is out of alignment and created the disease state to begin with. And so an educational model that was in the complex systems lane, where it looked at how policy informs, let's just use diabetes, how policy informs diabetes, how local food supply informs diabetes. Can they get good quality, healthy food or are they eating processed food because it's cheap and delicious and they don't have time to do anything else? Right? What are the, who are the friends they hang out with? Because there's no question that obesity can be found in families genetically, in groups, in cultures. And it's interesting as you, as you, what is the biology of diabetes and obesity? You know, how does the environment inform it? How does uh, resourcing affect it? So when you look at all of this, you know, how does insurance play into it? You know, what are the rewards, if you could say that, for being obese and diabetic? And there are many. And so it's interesting if we peel everything back, look at all of it. And I often do this because it's kind of like being in the, in the eye of a bee. It's so multifaceted that you've got to get a lot of really bright people together, have them lay it all out, see all of it, and then begin multi-pronged strategies to move the marker until the entire public is educated differently, they cannot change the way they behave because change isn't about doing something outside of us differently. Change is about an internal reperspecting of what we know, believe, and will take action on. And so right. to me, complex systems, education, and then community involvement where we care about each other, that and of course the precision, because then we can get it into an AI and get all these algorithms going where we see a lot more than we can see with our small human uh, knowledge base that we currently have. Right. But, but it's happening and it's going to, I would say in five years, we're going to see a massive change. And it may come out of necessity, but right, necessity is the mother of all invention, I think is somebody said. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, and I appreciate the, you know, the complex system, you know, approach because we do, we need to look at, you know, what is two, three, five steps down the road? What's the impact? You know, there's a lot of word like, oh, all we need to come up with is, you know, a magic pill, magic vaccine, you know, but it's like, okay, what is going to be the side effects of those things? You know, what's it going to look like down the road? That isn't a, you know, Pandora's, you know, that's going to open Pandora's box of all the other options. So we have to look at beyond the the profit margin that might be come out from companies that are pushing that um, for people to educate themselves about what does your body need and what are you looking at all the, the different things. So you're looking at the a wholeness model that we aren't just looking at these little parts along the way that it does make a bigger difference. Uh, which reminds me, one of the things I do like to ask my guests is because especially now that we're spending more time in our homes and that our environments do affect our whole and what that looks like, we have a different experience of how we feel in our kitchen versus our office and our bedroom. And so what is your favorite room in your home and why? Oh, <laughs> my favorite room is my bedroom. <laughs> and you'll laugh because so um, this COVID has, has created a great shift in, right, as you said, in the way we live our lives. 
And, you know, we live in a little glass box in downtown Austin and it's beautiful, but we normally have a space that we actually go and, and perform in. And so we're home now. And, and what we did to, to create a thriving environment so that we could, could continue to create is we took our room, our bedroom, and we created a, or what I call a sacred space. And it has all of the things in a big wall, uh, unit, all of the things that enhance and improve my creativity. When I look at something and it's beautiful and, and it sparks some, some new creative innovation in my brain, I'm able to then really take very quick action on it. There's stillness there. I have a meditation space. And it's, it's simply, um, I think, so available for the stillness that, that promotes creation. And of course, we have um, we have young young men also. Now we have our children home living with us in this smaller place, and so <laughs> we've had, we've done a lot of uh, maneuvering to create um, thriving there. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. And you know, people are there are looking at you know who's now under their roof and what things have shifted and changed. And it's important to claim some space and stillness and to see like what's possible and, and what's going to shift for us. So I love this. I love the conversation. You know, it's, it's my hope that our listeners will start asking themselves and the people around them, you know, deeper questions, uh, not just, you know, simple band-aid situations that they're really going to look at those complex systems about how does it impact the whole of themselves, their family, their community? What are those bigger questions? And so I know, Dr. Micra, that people are going to want to stay in contact with you. Um, how can they do that? Well, LinkedIn is is probably the best place for me, and it's uh, you know Micra Hamilton, and also my um, I always share my personal email in case anybody wants to uh, take deeper dives into complexity and how we can use complexity to to really change our health and well being and also the globe at large, and so um, it's it's Doctor Hamilton and then add appear on zoy.com. I think you'll probably have it in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I welcome anyone, um, especially institutions and big uh, global organizations that want to create new strategies for how we can create change. Because, you know, it's great if we do, and the impact if we don't is quite stark. And so if people contemplate that, what do we really need to do to go seven, 14 generations and see a thriving world and thriving humans. I think that's just so cool. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. This is such perfect timing for what's happening in the world. I just want to thank you for sharing your wisdom and brilliance and and, um, for for being here with us. So thank you for that. Thank you. (laughs) Happy day. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So for our listeners... Thank you for being here. Your time, and we so appreciate it. You know, community is just that much more precious to us these days. It's a collaborative process. So whatever platform you're listening to, please make sure that you put in the comments any questions that you have for myself or Dr. Micra. Um, we'd love to support you in that and to get this message out in the world and for you to start thinking about um, what kind of shifts you're going to make 
um, in the changes that are happening here in the world. Uh, we'll also have in the show notes, you can look at uh, resetyourpowergift.com, which is another free resource for you. We want to look at all these different ways where you can stand in your power and make powerful decisions to help you move forward um, to really adapt to the shifts and changes that are happening. So until we connect again, live your spa life. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Your host and spa life curator, Diane Halfman, wants you to know you can download her free guide to start living your spa life right now. Go to dianehalfman.com and click on the link for the nine secrets to step into your spa life. Now, live your spa life where accomplishment and harmony coexist.